You are listening to the James Carpenter Podcast Show, episode number 15. Hello once again. Welcome back. This is week two of a four-week series, and this week's episode is titled, After the Withdrawal, Now What? Following last week's introduction of the effects of flour and sugar associated with withdrawal. And as we continue to dive into this topic to unravel it and to solve the puzzle, and then we're going to follow up next week with how the model changes your life, and then we'll finish it with why we procrastinate. And so a quick recap from last week is we introduced why we begin with no flour, no sugar, and the impacts that it has on our brains and on our bodies when it's confused with hunger and how it gets us to establish these habits and to reinforce cravings and urges, which effectively gets us to feel these very strong emotions uh, when we go into this state of withdrawal. And usually it's at that point or at that stage that we undergo this action to fulfill the urge or the craving because we don't want to feel anything negative. And if you remember, what we talked about is everything leading up to this point of allowing yourself to just be with the urge, with the craving. So placing yourself intentionally in <laughs> this withdrawal state of being. And so as we look at after the withdrawal, and as we allow ourselves, meaning our bodies and our brains, to sit with what's there, this is where we're at. Here's the scenario. An urge arrives, we feel this sensation to do something, whether it's because of boredom or stressed, we're overwhelmed. We don't want to feel something. We feel anxious. We feel that jitteriness. And as we allow it to just be there and, and as we allow it to go unanswered, what happens? Now, this is the opportunity to open a door, to create space for yourself. Because think about it, you're going into this area of discomfort. And once we go in the room, we have an objective. We want to understand what's going on in our brains. And it can take practice to identify the thought or an underlying emotion. But this is where the magic happens. This is where self-discovery takes shape. And it's at this point that you get to start asking yourself and truly understanding what drives you. What is your motivation? You know, what's your why? Why do you get up in the morning? What do you want to do with your life? And are you living the life that you're meant to or that you want to? And a great place to start, same place where I started, was looking at and being with the thoughts and the feelings that I had around myself. Do you like what you think about you? You know, what are those thoughts? And then usually what happens is that 
carries over into other relationships, into other aspects of your life. You start thinking about your relationship with a spouse or partner, and then with children or family and friends, work relationships. And a lot of the time, we don't feel good. There are a lot of negative feelings that can come up in this process, partly because of the state of withdrawal that you're in. And so <laughs> your brain is telling you something has gone wrong. But here's the fact of the matter. The dopamine effects are gone. That feel-good sensation, those feel-good feelings, and you're left with the remains. And much of the time, we're led to believe or told that life should be pleasant. It should be wonderful. But the reality, life is meant to be 50-50. Half of life is meant to be happy and pleasant and joyful. And the other half is meant to not be. It's meant to be the opposite. But we think and are told and are taught that 100% of the time, we should be feeling good. Now, because the dopamine is gone, we think something has gone terribly wrong. And if you remember the thought model, our thoughts about the circumstance or the situation is what's driving everything because it all starts in our prefrontal cortex. That's where the thinking part of the brain is. And when we have a thought, it then creates this emotion in the limbic system, this feeling. And once that feeling or emotion is created, electricity is then generated and sent out. And all of our feelings, whether or not we feel like doing something, that then drives our actions, right? And a lot of the time, there are these strong sensations or these strong feelings of boredom, loneliness, sadness. That's what's left over. We haven't trained or conditioned ourselves to feel those feelings. If anything, we've trained and conditioned ourselves to not feel lonely or bored or sad. And so we seek after a fix. We seek after another dopamine hit, whether that's with food, because food is desirable. Food provides a natural dopamine hit, and the flour and sugar provide that unnatural boost. And so we continue to perpetuate this vicious cycle, or whether that's with alcohol or drugs or sex, or we consume our time with busy work to distract ourselves. And it's an effective distraction. But as we learn to sit with the withdrawal, to let these urges and cravings go unanswered, you get to indulge in the process of self-discovery. And your brain is probably going to freak out because of it. And what I mean by letting the feeling go unanswered is you can be sad and be okay. You're not going to die. You can feel bored and just be with yourself, right? Imagine yourself being in that situation where you just are. It's just you and your thoughts. And if you remember the forced swim test when the scientists placed mice in the swim tank, the tank of water, to see what they would do. Now, in the experiment I talked about last week, it was to see the behaviors and the impact that half the group of mice that were fed with added sugars in their food supply, what they would do compared to the group that just ate a normal, just ate normal food with no added sugars. Now, again, remember the one group actively swam versus the other group that 
that were consuming the added sugars, they ended up just floating, taking a more passive approach. Now here's the magic, is as you allow yourself to transition from a floater to a more active participator in your life, you then get to decide how you wanna show up and what you want to do with your life. This is also when you don't think about food all of the time, or maybe it's about drinks or filling your time with unmeaningful distractions. Because it's at this point that you then get to decide who you want to be. Is it to grow into a better person? And then you get to decide what that looks like. What does that mean for you? Or do you want to build a brighter future financially, spiritually? Maybe it's with a relationship. Maybe it's at work. Or is it that you want to alleviate current pain and discomfort, whether that's physical, mental, emotional? Now, when I allowed myself to go through this process, this is what I discovered. It was me not wanting to feel like I'm not good enough, that I was underdeveloped in a skill, that I didn't have the answers, that I wasn't capable. Essentially, it was having the self-confidence needed to show up each and every day for myself. This is the work that I've been doing unto myself. And this is the same work that I desire and hope for you where you get to build this mental health stability, this rock of solidness, where you get to come from this place of self-love and self-care each and every day. Because let me tell you, everything that's happened in your past, all of your experiences, everything that you've been through, it's been for a reason. You are where you are today for a reason. You're where you're meant to be. And there's nothing more and there's nothing less that you can say or do to be more complete. And when you have this understanding and you come to feel it and to believe it, that's when more self-awareness comes and more self-love and more self-care because you then get to show up as a better you. Not because you need to be fixed or added to, but because you want to all because you're intentionally managing your thoughts versus allowing the unmanaged thoughts to take reign and to keep reign. This is you showing up in the classroom of unattended third graders, running around, causing havoc, being third graders. This is you showing up as the teacher in your life and attempting to establish order. And I want to provide you those tools and those resources to do it better, to be more effective in how you show up in your life. That's what I have for you this week. Stay tuned for next week where we dive into how the model changes your life. All right, my friends, until then, bye-bye. Hey, if you like this week's podcast, then you should check out my six-week online weight loss program where we'll focus on your hormones to get you to your natural weight and look at what's happening in your life and why food is just a distraction that's keeping you from loving your life. Simply schedule a mini call with me at eliteweightsolutions.com forward slash join dash me.